0: Get your Xperia XZ Premium Smartphone from Sony today, on plan or outright, from Telstra, Vodafone, Virgin Mobile, Optus, JB Hi-Fi and Sony with world-first smartphone technology like super slow-motion video playback and 4K HDR screen that delivers lifelike colour and definition. A camera so advanced, it captures images the human eye can't see. For details and T's and C's, visit sonymobile.com forward slash au. Merrickville, 104.9, Triple M.
1: Well, a bit of mix of information today, Sydney. I'll be joined by Justin Hamilton in this hour. I am rapt
2: that I can be here because you know that I was meant to be going on holidays to Guam this morning. And oh. I uh, I cancelled that quick smart, yeah. didn't I? I
1: mean, you don't want to be in a Holocaust. That's not part of your life plans, is it? Mate, I don't know how much they're going to charge me for it. So, Well, well I mean, it's. It's too difficult is what it is. It's too difficult. Funny you should say that, because in this hour, we're going to find out about a small dilemma you've got, and in the second hour, I'm going to speak to Ian McFedrin to see if we're all going to die in a nuclear apocalypse. Oh, right. Maybe I should have
2: gotten in touch with him before I cancelled my flight. I've lost a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: And we'll be talking up next, we're going to be talking about some Scots college students who broke into their school at night to steal their HSC exams. Oh,
2: man, it's like a John Hughes movie waiting to happen. I love it.
1: But, you know... The Scots College kids. What do they know about doing a bird proper? <laughs> Good to have you back, am I
2: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm particularly excited about this Scots College story. This ah. is hilarious.
1: So, some Scots College students in Bellevue Hill. Um, <laughs>
2: is that sorry? Is, is is that how you have to say it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's sorry. A,
1: it's Mosman. And Bellevue Hill. Hill. Um, So they were in Bellevue Hill (laughs) and they've been forced to cancel one of their uh, trial HSC exams on Tuesday uh, because two physics papers were stolen overnight. Some students uh, look as though they've broken into the school at night and made a heist. Uh, and then got straight back into Mummy's um, four-wheel drive and driven <laughs> straight home for tea and scones.
3: Uh,
2: right, yeah. Well, you don't want to miss tea
1: and scones. <laughs> by the By the way, Dude, I like the levels. Just quickly, how I've broken into my old school. Right. Not as an adult, when I was actually a student there. Yeah. But I've told this story before, right? So you look at these guys. Clearly, two different sets of... Um, priorities here. you got right. Scots College kids going in there to break into an exam. I would break out of something right. to get away from an exam. Right. get away from exams, mate. You don't run to a tiger, you dickheads. Yeah. Secondly, <laughs> when I went and broke into a school... I stole a fire hose. Of course. Because I took it down to the creek and made a rope swing. A rope swing? Yeah. With a
2: hose. Bingo. Man, that Strong is. Strong canvas, you see. Right. So different priorities. Also, uh, uh, did these kids also get into a time machine and travel back to 1978? Like, why didn't they <laughs> just use some computer skills exactly. and break in? Like, like who are these guys?
1: <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like stealing what? paper. Like, like I'm sure they had it online. No, nah nah. nah, nah, They go, oh, let's go and get the printed one. I right. hope it's on a fax machine. Right. the thought. Um, so they had to, you know, write the, the written uh, exam again. They have to do it. And these kids, of course, will be punished severely. I'm guessing no rowing on Saturday. Oh, no rowing. Yeah. Oh, the poor things. Yeah. We're God. very serious about this, Travis. <laughs> Wouldn't be Travis. It'd be... <laughs> It'd be Nathan, Nathaniel, Nathaniel. Sorry, yes, yeah. absolutely correct. Sorry, I was using his informal name there. And Dobbsy, sorry. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's his moniker, Dobbsy. Yeah. Uh, they've been banned from rowing and wearing comfortable boat shoes. Oh
2: yeah, so oh, and they are in tears. They're... Like they're rolling around, they're stamping their hands on the
1: ground, wiping their tears away with hundred dollar bills. Oh. Just going, this is terrible, Mama. Yeah, and um, it doesn't seem to absorb
2: the tears. <laughs> Get in touch with the Prime Minister. We need <laughs>
1: yes, tell tissue dollars. Actually, don't get in touch with the Prime Minister. I'll just yell at him, Malcolm! <laughs> <we're not
3: ready." laughs>
1: Love sledging.
3: Oh, I best. do like a sledge. Mate, um, don't
1: make
2: fun of a Scots college student, because every time you do, you know, they lose their wings. So uh, let's let's all clap our hands together and say, I believe in Scots College <laughs> students. Or maybe not.
1: <laughs> I um I have got to admit, I used to cheat a little bit uh, when I was at school to get by, because clearly not scholastically very um, efficient. child. Well, well,
2: you were just bored. You, you were just, a kid, just a kid who
1: was bored. A bit stupid as well. Bored Blunt. and stupid. Bad right. combo. It's a bad combo. I mean, the, I mean, I know how to um, make homemade fireworks out of magnesium ribbon, so yes. that's come in handy. Well, you have a level of smarts. Yeah. Like, you know how to throw a, 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 a protractor so it sticks into a wall. 100%. I made right. ninja stars. Right. I mean, you know, if there is ever a ninja war oh. and they need somebody to tool up, right. take Watsy down to the metalwork shed. You might, you might not be able to explain the physics of it, but you'll <laughs> take a, down a lot of those arseholes when it comes to exactly. hand-to-hand. I'll tell you the physics of it. Right. They can hurt when you get one in your leg. Oh. That's, what, <laughs> that's the physics of it. Yeah. yeah. But I um, I used to cheat very badly. at uh, The subjects I was not good at was all of them. But right. one of them... <laughs> But biology and mathematics, I was yeah, terrible at. And yeah. uh, What, you weren't into
2: hairy stamens and how, how no, many of them there are?
1: No, no, no. No, I'm not into hairy stamens <laughs> at all. You don't care how a, fl- a plant no.
2: photosynthesizes its brains no, out? No. no, not interested. How um, it blows its seed Comes springtime? to. Um, this is all plant no. stuff. Plant stuff? Yeah, this plant. is plant stuff. Nothing rude about no. it. That's no. what they do. It sounds bad, but it's actually completely legit. They, mate, they blossom. They blow their seed everywhere. Things grow. It's It's all fine. It's all above board.
1: We're not talking about Scott students are we? No, okay, definitely sorry. not. We're, We're just... talking about plants. This is <laughs> talking. A bit...
2: There's a lot of vegetarians who are trying to nod their heads but they're getting yeah. exhausted at this whole
1: conversation. It's, it's, uh, um I used to and this I actually used to try and cheat my way through school a lot. And right. so one of the things I used to do, particularly in biology, is I used to when people had to hand in their assignments mm. I would go up with a couple of blank pages (laughs) and put them up there and slide them in and pretend that that was my assignment, but there's nothing there. Right. And what I would do is I would lift somebody else's assignment and then I would go and, you know, uh, liquid paper out their name and (laughs) write my name on it. You'd be surprised how many times this worked. Did it work? Yeah, it did. Really? It did until one day. And I used to, I, unfortunately, and I really liked this girl. She was great. She was a great person. Yeah. But um, I used to steal her work because she was super smart and did really good work. And sometimes I would steal her work and copy it, and sometimes I'd just get lazy and just take her work and hand it in as my own. Right. And then one day, the teacher realized that I was not, in fact, Andrea Chan. Right. (laughs) And also
2: wondered why you had such effeminate cursive writing.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) He went, hang on a second, Merrick. I don't. Think that you're a young Asian girl? <laughs> not <laughs> anymore, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bio- no, Not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Fingers crossed.
2: <laughs> but you know, the biology was always the the lesson that you could have the most fun in with the with the subject that you knew the least amount. I remember I was paired up with uh, my friend Jenny uh, Guscott, who was a a gun at biology, and we had to do a little experiment where you had to wee in a jar and you had to just come back in with like a couple of inches. So anyway, I think that's
1: how you get um, a game at the Roosters, isn't
2: it? Yeah, no, yeah. Oh no, sorry. It's not not anymore. Back in the old days, right? <laughs> anyway, I, I, everyone came back in with their little glasses with a couple of inches. I came back in with a full pint <laughs> and I had a, <laughs> had a head on it. And uh, you know what? She laughed hard and then she said we should start seeing other biology partners. <laughs> and that, that made a lot of sense, Jen. Made a lot of sense. (laughs)
1: Um, Have you ever, did you ever cheat to benefit? Because here's the thing, right? I I know that I cheated on handing in these assignments, but like I got through biology as a result. Even I think after I got caught, I still got through. Like I actually got through biology. I would never have passed that. Right. I used to let people cheat
2: off me. I was completely, yeah, well, well, It's complicit. Well, I had glasses back then even. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it just bumps you up by 15%. But, but it, it stopped me. Uh, it made me very popular amongst yep. some really scary dudes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also uh, helped me lose my virginity. Also to the scary dudes, but okay. anyway, whatever. It's uh, <laughs> it was it was still a positive time.
1: <laughs> Look, I mean, you got to you know work with what you've got, right? Um, so you never you haven't cheated to benefit though,
2: uh, not really. Here's the
1: thing: I, I don't certainly not encouraging it unless, of course, you're at Scott's and then do whatever you like. Right. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting to see whether or not cheating has actually got you somewhere because right. we always kind of hear stories about oh, you know, there was no benefit to cheating. There's got to be. Right. Somebody's got to have cheated on an exam or a driving test or something like that, and they've managed to get through. Mate. And well, now they're living the dream. Yeah, there's heaps of people out there, whatever their job is. Like,
2: uh, look, I will say this if you're a politician, we don't need you calling up. But apart from the politicians, <laughs> there are heaps of people that would have done it.
1: 133353, give us a call. Has cheating actually got you somewhere it's benefited you long term where you've just gone wow that that was definitely <laughs> worth it one triple three five three has cheating got you somewhere and Hamo, we've just been discussing some Scots College uh, students mm. have broken into uh, their Belv- Bellevue-, oh, Bellevue Hill <laughs> uh, campus
2: <laughs> uh, and made a getaway and a discovery. Um, By the way, for everyone uh, listening, when Merrick says this, it, it looks like he's physically just had a mild stroke yeah, as yeah, he yeah. says those words and then it kicks back in. Okay.
1: Can we just, let's just go off-piste here for a second. Yep. Who do you think I channel when I do that voice? In oh. my mind, who do I see? Oh. I'll just do it again for you. Down in Bellevue Hill.
2: Oh, mm. I don't know. Let's is that down to Bellevue Hill. Is that the... It's not the Prime Minister,
1: is No, it? it's Deborah Hutton. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a real thing. That's who yeah, I imagine yeah. in my crazy mind. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm unhinged. I yeah. know that. I, look, I've I got to be honest. The, the wig did throw me,
2: but now that you've pointed <laughs> it out, it makes a lot of
1: sense. <laughs> Gordon in Campbellton. Hello, mate. How are you, mate? Very good indeed. We're talking about when you've cheated in an exam or cheated in anything, and it's actually been beneficial to you. It's Long term, it's paid off.
4: Uh, Well, it has because I ended up uh, getting my degree in electrical engineering by being able to attend university, by achieving my HSC equivalent when I was living overseas. Great. By being very, very sick and forging my late mother's signature on sick notes for a couple of the exams that I couldn't attend because I was just too lazy and basically too thick and I hadn't studied for them.
1: Boom! (laughs) Yes! And now you're a risk to everyone, Gordon. That's fantastic.
4: Oh, I'm retired now, so I'm a, oh. only a risk to myself and you know, my kids and grandkids because I've got all the time in the world to tell them how good I am. Right.
2: right. Now, uh, now if, if your kids and grandkids are listening to this, uh, is, is there any particular message you want to give them?
4: Uh, yeah, let them try and forge my signature. <laughs>
1: Mate, Gordon, very, very quickly. When I was in, uh, I think I was in grade four or grade five at school, I was only a young bloke, and even then I was in a lot of trouble. Anyway, uh, my parents... Um, I was in strife for doing something stupid at school and they used to send home a, a note and your parents had to sign it right. to say that, you know, it's it stated what you, you'd done at school yep, and they had to yep. sign it. Yeah, you know I that. remember. Not a That's quite, how was. I
4: first learnt, learnt yeah. to forge my mother's signature. Well,
1: here's the thing, Gordon. Is that I thought, well, it's not actually a, det- a detention or a suspension. So what I'll do is I'll just forge it. So I got my mum's signature, right? I had a look at some stuff and I went, right, this won't be too hard. Alison Watts, how hard is that going to be, right? So I got the pen out, started it. Freaking pen runs out of ink. Oh, no. Shat myself, grabbed a pencil and finished it off with pencil. Great. School's just gone. I don't reckon your mum stops with a pen and picks up from the exact point where she finished with a pen and finishes with a red pencil, Right, Merrick. You want you want to tell us something, and I said, "I forged it." Yeah, man, you know,
2: really, man. You should have just doubled down. You should have said, "Don't have a go at my mum." Like she's got a thing about
1: pens. Oh, you should have said she's disabled. Why would you say that? And I would have gone, "No, she's not married. She works here at the school." <laughs> okay, all right. She's standing she's right, right there, behind you. She, she... <laughs> good, Grant. Hello, oh. mate. G'day, boys. How are you? Really good. All right. Talking about when cheating has actually benefited you.
3: Okay, so it's the year twelve Athletics Carnival, eight hundred meters. I've won it every year for the last six years. Oh yeah. At the at the last minute, this guy's coming on the inside, I'm shocked anyone's even close. So I sidestepped him once, sidestepped him twice, he tripped over. I won the race. And I still got the record there. Twenty-one years later.
2: Um, that's fantastic, mate. That's, okay, that's just that's just sporting prowess, in my opinion. Okay, well,
3: I've, I've always felt guilty about it, actually.
1: Grant, it's almost as though I've got a shadow dickhead story for every every dickhead story, <laughs> right? So I was in a running race, like a cross-country running race, when I was a kid, right. and I was in the top two, right? And this other kid, he was gonna—I could tell—we're we not that far away from the finishing line, probably you know a few hundred meters. And we were running along like a kind of a, a ravine. I'd call it a ravine. It went down, down a hill, and it was a bit rocky and unpleasant down there. And you didn't want to run. We were running on the ridge line, and I went, "Oh no, I'm starting to run out of gas here." And I could tell that he was just about to mount his charge home. And I went, "Nah," and I just pushed him over the ravine. You, what? Yeah. You pushed him over the ravine. I just pushed him. I just put my hand out and just pushed him down a ravine. And he just ran down the ravine. <laughs> <laughs> I remember just seeing him just go. Where you go, John? Mate. And then I ran on to glory and I won. And now, of course, I'm a professional sprinter. Yeah, of
2: course. So that was uh, that was worth it. It's always bizarre the way you come in with all your gold medals yeah. around your neck, but yeah. it's, a, it's a good yeah.
1: reminder. That kid has never been seen again. But let's talk about happier <laughs> times, Matt and now Drew. Matty. How you going, man very, are you? very good, mate. All right. When have you cheated at something to your benefit?
5: But let's just say we, uh, I had to get a, a, a ticket from a technical college, okay, to, yep. to get qualified.
3: Yep. Anyway, I,
5: I just couldn't work the formulas um, out on these particular tests. So anyway, I was copying a, a, a young fellow there that I knew anyway. Um, and also you had a rope test as, as well to tie. I yep. just couldn't get the rope. So anyway, I was... Not only was I caught the answer, when it comes time to get tested on the rope tie, I actually swapped ropes with him. So he was already tested. He's come back, and then I've taken his rope uh-huh. got okay. and got okay. full marks. Yep. As, it, as it turns out, I now run a multi-million dollar um, company, let's say. Mm. And that particular um, bloke as well, it's at the same test. He runs, a, let's say, an inferior company that's chasing me for the rest <laughs> of his life. <laughs> Mate, I love
2: everything <laughs> a about this. in it, let's say. Yeah, and lessons learned, none, other than get on yeah. top. Absolutely.
5: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: I don't encourage it for young kids, but, yeah, in my case, it <laughs> worked well. And the great thing here, too, is, Matt, is, is if, if you've had to conduct a test that relies on rope skills, that means right. there's probably a massive safety element involved, if I'm guessing there, Matt. 25
2: years later, I still wouldn't even know how to tie that bloody
5: yeah.
1: rope. Yeah, that's great. I mean, several people have been put at risk as a result of that, Matt, but you've done well, and Mate, that's important. If
2: I, if I want to learn how to make millions, I'll go to Matt, and when the zombie apocalypse comes in, I'm going to find his inferior competition because <laughs> they're going to come in handy. <laughs>
1: Maddie, thanks for your call, cool, brother. Did you get that, Miff? You got that one, didn't you? What's that? About
5: the. I've even tried the rope tying my wife, and she even gets free on it.
1: Okay, um, Maddie. Yep. Okay. There we go. You got that. I'm it's glad good. we went back for that one. <laughs>
0: Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor.
2: Adam McDougall is the health
5: hacker. Health hacking is simply hacking into the tools, tricks and routines of the healthiest, happiest and most successful people in the world and applying these little tricks and routines into your own life. I'm a health hacker because I've been a professional athlete for 20 years but I've also combined my experience as an athlete with my university studies from economics to nutrition and sports science with the practical application that I achieved as an athlete to help people hack into their health. In each episode, I'm going to share with you the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world. You can hack into your own health and live a happier and healthier life. The Health
2: Hacker with Adam McDougall. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.
1: Hemmo, you've got a bit of a dilemma. You yeah. Get, you get a problem. Would you like me to help? I'll make it worse. You know that. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe
2: you will. I don't know. Like, uh, it, it, it can't look. This is my issue. I, um, I met a girl on the weekend who is, uh, I, I thought she was really interesting. I thought she was really funny. Uh, she also, I is met this, a-
1: bo- Is this the crying game?
3: No,
2: no, okay. it's not no, the it's crying
1: game. Just, just. No that's, no, that's cool. If it is, yeah, I don't no, care.
2: It's not no, my no, business. No, well, I don't know. Like, I haven't I haven't I've even been, thought of that. But, okay. But I, but I met her boyfriend. I met her boyfriend as well. He seemed oh. like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I enjoyed her company. I thought she was cool. How do you contact someone that you actually just liked when, you, without appearing to be lecherous? Like, oh. How do you
1: do that? So you want to be her friend? I would like to be her friend because she was funny. She she had an interesting job. But she, you don't she want to be smart. Yeah, you don't want to be looking like, oh, I want to be friends with that girl. And then she's got a boyfriend who's going to go, why are you trying to be friends with my girl? Because right. that looks like you know, you're know you being a creep. And just to make it a little bit worse, I'm 44. And she's 27.
2: So what? uh, Yeah. I'm 44 Uh and she's 27.
1: 47? No,
2: she's 27. She's 47. Uh, Look, if it makes it better for the story. She's 27. She's 27. (laughs) But she's a nice person. I like that. That's cool. I don't know that many people in Sydney. No. But how do you write and say, Mm. look, I don't don't want to write to her and, and say, and by the way, I need to say that she did a friend request on me on Facebook. So, you know, it's like she put the first step out there, mm. but I would like to say, mm. Hey, let's have lunch. Cause I really enjoyed talking to you. But, but do, do I write, Oh, uh, I don't want you to think I want to touch you in your bathing suit area. Do you write that? Do you just oh, no, pretend that hasn't that. happened? Do don't you, write that. Do Cause you,
1: that says you want to touch her in the bathing suit area. But
2: I don't, but she is attractive, but I don't, oh, but I don't want to do, do that. Well, no. then
1: if she, but, I mean, if, but she, I, if you do, because if you didn't, then you wouldn't say, Oh, you know. She's attractive. You well, just that's go, kind of... Well, you know, it's, it, that would never happen, Merrick, is what you'd say. Well, that's kind yeah. of the
2: problem. Well, it wouldn't happen. No. Well, well I'm not, not
1: interested. A, no, she's got a boyfriend. Well, I'm, I'm essentially asexual. No, you're essentially just trying to find the right person who is anyone. That's what right. it is.
2: Right. But it's not her. I no, know it's, not, it's her. not her. I liked her. I liked her mind as a friend. I
1: like mm. chatting. This is good. This is good. This is good because um, you're not overthinking this at all. Not this overthinking this.
2: I, I'm not or overthinking. Over discussing. Met a Meta it. Saturday mm. night. Mm. I haven't done anything until I came here, laying in bed, thinking about it. Mm. But not overthinking. I
1: think. I think the smartest thing to do is bringing it to a forum like radio. Yes, and somewhere private. It. Yeah, right. Discussing it amongst a city of four and a half million people. The good thing is that way you're just floating stuff. It's not committal. You're just throwing it out yeah, there. Yeah, just chucking it out there in front of
2: four and a half million. And they're like we don't have to worry about someone hearing it and telling her no, that I've overthought it.
1: No, you're not overthinking this. I, I haven't overthought it. Sometimes
2: I had a nap between thoughts. Exactly.
1: That's not overthinking. If you were to go and see her again, like she said, hey, we're going to go and see this band. You like that band. And you go... To go and see this band. Yeah. Would you make an effort beyond what you would normally do dressing yourself? Would you go and buy a new shirt? No. No? No. Would you get a new pair of jeans or runners or anything like that? No, but I would
2: definitely wear something that was clean.
1: Okay. Right. I'm old fashioned that way. Would you shave?
2: Uh, No. (sighs) that's, That's because my beard is my desperate attempt at jaw definition.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Fair. Right. Um, would you, would you do anything different to your normal routine then? Uh, would you just go
2: as you would normally go? I would just go as I normally go. So, but I don't know, like if I knew that there was a band coming Mm. that she was into, Mm. I don't like, is it okay for me to say, Hey, I'm going to go and see that band. you like, if you want to come along because she's got a boyfriend. I don't Mm. want the boyfriend Mm. to think anything Mm.
1: weird. Right, what? What's the boyfriend like? Is he a good guy? Do you want to become mates with him and then, you know, work your way through him to get to her?
2: I uh, well, look, I don't like the, the wording there because there's mm. an implication. But uh, it is uh, look, a the, very the,
1: strong implication there. The
2: boyfriend mm. seemed nice, but I didn't meet him mm. until later. Mm-hmm. I knew he was coming, like right. along to the, where we were.
1: Is he? Is he also in his forties or is he in his twenties?
2: No, he's the right age to be hanging out with a girl
1: that age. Right. Okay. So okay. he's this is not my good. age. Okay. What do I do, mm. Mez? Oh, uh, it is tricky. Um, have you thought about killing him?
2: Look, I am from Adelaide. Mm. It is always, uh, number four on the opportunity mm-hmm. list, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. Look, I don't know.
1: Look, I see a lot of positives in this. We, really uh,
2: why? Why are we talking about this amongst guys? We need women to help us out with mm. this. <laughs> I don't, don't you think? I don't think so. Don't, don't you think her? <laughs> I
1: don't think. I don't think. I think we've got this covered. Uh, do you really? Absolutely. Right. What you need to do is spend a little bit of time in the back seat of her car. Right. Get to know her without that... her knowing that you're there. Okay. Speaking of you know slower, because I'm, I'm writing that's this all women, down. Yeah. That's what women love. That sort of stuff. Like, how do you know me so well? Well, I've been behind you um underneath the picnic rug in the back seat of your car for now, six months
2: do, do i do i say that up front or do i do i wait until oh, we're good married point, good
1: point um do i say it uh, at Can the you, speeches is it good is it possible to get married yeah. to her yeah without her knowing
2: mate that's the only way i'm going to get married this is
1: good this is good all right let's take five and we'll come back to this and read. have we got any time Maddie are we out of time? Maddie, what's five. happening here.
6: We've got a song. We've got plenty of time. Okay,
2: right.
1: It's almost five o'clock.
2: Shall, shall, we, shall we throw it out to the listeners? Are there any women out there listening who think that.
1: Uh, not now. Not no, now. we don't no, have time. Not now. They, no, there were. There, there were. were.
2: But they've all. It was a legitimate question. Gone into hiding. Don't go into hiding. I don't know many people in Sydney. It's been
1: good. It's in Americaville. <laughs> Triple M. <laughs> Solving the problems of the world. And in between, uh, a little mm. bit of an update. You'd love this, Hammer. This mm. is really exciting news for you. There's now a Doctor Who universe. In West Ride. Oh really? It was like, always going
2: to be in West Ride. It was always going to be there. <coughs> and uh, classic,
1: classic West Ride for you.
2: Oh mate, it is the Gallifrey of uh New South Wales, which um, is mm-hmm. a, a very nerdy Doctor Who reference. I was gonna and, say
1: that's a place in Doctor Who world.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. And the, the the two Doctor Who fans listening just Got very excited with their sonic screwdrivers, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so, so what's going on with this uh, universe? Mm. Is it uh... a yeah.
1: so? It's got uh, it's got replicas that move and talk. It's got memorabilia, oh. uh, fi- figurines, which is always good for an adult man to own. Um, some books, some DVDs, and some board games. Yeah, some board games. That's that's good. Oh um. yeah, that sounds good.
2: So it's like um, it's like uh, going to the Gold Coast, but for some place mm. where you suffer
1: from from asthma or mm. something like that, right? Mm. It's exa- th- You know what? I think you've nailed it there. That yeah. sounds exactly like my experiences on the Gold Coast. <laughs> right. Just, but in West Ride, yeah. in a Doctor Who tribute shop.
2: Yeah, I reckon uh-huh.
1: it's great. Like a
2: uh-huh. uh, big shout out to Mark, because you know yep. what the, the what the secret to life is? Is to make what
1: you love pay your way through the world. Well, that's what he's done. It used yep. to be a store for, like, a framing store. Right. Um, and then he's just gone, he's such a massive Doctor Who fan. Yeah. He's turned it into his own little universe there, and now he's making a quid out of selling figurines, books, DVDs, memorabilia, and other um, virgin materials uh, well, to it, the greater public. Do you, What, do you mean
2: uh, like mm-hmm. uh, the, the airplane service, Virgin? What do you no, mean by no, that? No, I mean, I mean... Um,
1: Lady-repelling
2: material. Come on, mate. Like, look, nerds have sex as well. Like, I've had it like three times uh, this year. And oh, not with anyone, on. but right. it's okay. been like I'm looking forward to it. You know, yep. just doing it to keep in, uh, keep in shape. Can I,
1: can I ask you, as a massive Doctor Who fan? I'm only 5'7", but yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> he uh, He's called his shop the Doctor Who universe, right? Right. If you guys are so clever, why didn't you just call it the Doctor Who Universe?
2: Well, look, I think you may no have gotten answer? him on a technicality
1: no because,
2: uh, well, he's just opened the store. I bet the store's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Justin Hamilton, always a pleasure to have you, Thank you in our store here, in our universe. I'll see you again soon. See you tomorrow. Great to have your company, Sydney, every single day. And today's a special one. Got lots on in this hour. Um, but first of all, I want to get to a story about a guy who was driving through Arizona. His name's Mick Oman. His SUV broke down 25 kilometers into his trip with no phone reception, and he was stuck in 40-degree heat for two days. All Mick had on him was a bottle of water, two beers, soft, and a sandwich and some chips. So here's what Mick did
3: next. Hi, this is Mick Oman. I'm leaving this message. Hopefully nobody else ever has to see this.
2: An explorer stranded in the rugged desert north of the
3: valley for two days, documenting his adventure gone awry on his cell phone. I didn't realize it, but I got in way over my head. And I was forced to actually drink my own urine to get oh. to, 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 in order to swallow. What did that first sip of
4: urine taste like?
3: You know what? It, was, it wasn't as obnoxious as I thought. It, was, um, it wasn't salty at all. It was actually, you know, it, it, it quenched my thirst.
1: I quenched your thirst, yeah, just like mellow yellow, isn't it? Different type of mellow yellow. Uh, <laughs> 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 it was eventually rescued, obviously, and he made it out there alive. Here's the thing: drinking your whiz once you get to that, that's not great. I've given this a lot of thought, as you can imagine. Have you tasted your own urine? No, I haven't. Okay. I, I would, okay. not now, but like if there was a, if I was in the desert, I'd, I'd drink my whiz. It's my whiz. Um, I'd probably do it for money, but it'd have to be my own whiz, or I'd probably do it to entertain other people. So I'd probably, there's a very strong likelihood I'll do it today. What's the weirdest thing you've tasted? Uh, Probably maggots. I've eaten they maggots. Are. Well, here's the thing: I was with, I was doing a stage show with Bear Grills a few years ago. Just name dropping because we're mates. And uh, as part of the stage show with with Bear, each night I would have to eat maggots on stage in front of thousands of people. And the first few nights I was like, "Oh, I can eat maggots. I've eaten cockroaches. I've eaten silkworms. I've eaten all this stuff. It doesn't really bother me, you know. That's those th- things don't really trouble me." By about the fourth night, I just couldn't, I just couldn't eat them anymore. They were just, they're so wrong. They're a rotten thing. Just maggots in your mouth. And you just, when you crunch it down and they burst and there has got this kind of acrid, foul taste. And they're like, they taste a lot like a maggot. Mm. And I <clears throat> was not very pleasant. I reckon that's probably the weirdest thing I've t- Oh, I've tasted women's breast milk from at least three different individuals. Yeah, we've heard
6: that
4: story. Have we told I told that? you want to get back to that one. Oh, I, I'm happy to. <laughs> it was revolting. No, it's not. It's all right. It's, just weird. it's natural. It's weird. No, it's not. Well, I mean.
1: It is yeah, okay. So I wanna open up the phones. Um one triple three five three. What have you tasted, Sydney? What have you tasted that you think I've not tasted that is unusual? It might be something, it might be a food, it might be your own whiz, maybe you've drunk engine coolant accidentally and you can tell me what that tastes like. I don't know. <laughs> There's so many different things, you know, that you might have tasted. I've tasted a battery, that's dumb. They hurt too. Matty, what's the weirdest thing you've tasted? Uh, I want to say something, but if I say it on radio, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> um, I think of chicken feet. Oh, yeah. Down at Yamcha. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that? Oh, They're actually just, quite tasty. It's just like fatty, yeah, goodness, thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the flavour's not bad for, for chicken feet, but I just can't come at eating something that's been scratching around and poo. Yeah, you know, no. with me? Oh, like no. no, no, no thanks, claw hands. <laughs> Not interested in what you've got to offer. I don't want to eat that. So I don't, I don't eat them. But I am fascinated by what people have tasted. That could be anything. It could have been, uh, cobra venom. I don't know. Probably mm. haven't had that. Maybe you've had, um, some whiskey with cobra blood in it. Maybe it's cobra blood. Cobra. one two three five three. Have you tasted cobra? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just anything. 13353, genuinely. What have you tasted? Surprise me. Doesn't have to be your own. Oh, Todd Carney's online. Todd, get to you in a second.
0: Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've
1: forgotten the bit
0: where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor.
4: The next billion seconds are the most important in human history as technology transforms the way we live and work. The smartphone barely a decade old has given billions access to information and capacities they've never had before it's changing what we can do and it's changing the shape of the future so what does that future look like hi I'm Mark Pesci the host of the next billion seconds a new show on podcast one join me as I speak to some of the brightest minds shaping that world the people who are spending their lives forming that future We'll hear about their work in helping shape those next billion seconds. Listen at podcastone.com.au or on the Podcast One app.
1: Thanks to Xperia XZ, a premium smartphone from Sony. Great to have your company. So he said he asked me um, on 13353, asking you, what have you tasted? A guy in America got stranded in the desert and uh, he didn't go for very long. Two days before he started. He had two beers, a bottle of water and some food. And he's went, you know what? Let's not my around. Let's start drinking my whiz right now. Something strangely I've not done. Uh, when I say strangely, um, I have done some pretty kooky stuff in my career. And uh, drinking my whiz is not one of them. Would I do it? Yeah, in the right circumstances. My mate Bear Grills, whatever, it's just mates. Uh, he's drunk his own whiz and I asked him about it. And he said, it's kind of salty, but it's actually the temperature that's the most disturbing. And I went, oh. Oh, asking you, what have you tasted, Jordan? Hello, mate.
3: Hey, how are you?
1: Very good indeed. What have you tasted?
3: I've had lamb's brain.
1: Yeah, lamb's brain. Everyone's had that, mate.
3: Yeah, it's good.
1: Yeah, do so. You eat it regularly?
5: Oh, not regularly. When I I used
3: to be a dish pig, and when I used to do that, they used to put it out for uh, dinner.
1: Yep. Yeah. And yeah, just, but good. you like it. I see. I can't. I, I remember eating it when I was a kid, and uh, I was up in the country. I was in Country Victoria once when, when I was a boy, and I remember eating it and just thinking, I don't care if these are brains. These taste delicious because they are with bacon. It was just good. But now I just can't come at eating lamb brains. I don't eat brains and balls. There's a bit of a policy with what's in <laughs> there. But thank you, Jordan. That's good. That's what we're talking about. I've got Nicole in Campbelltown. Hello, Nicole. You may have a very similar policy to me. I'm not sure. How are you, Nicole? Hello. Hi. Oh. Yes, hello. How are you going? What have uh, you t- how are you going? You're really good. What have you tasted? Um,
3: the solution that you use, that vets use to uh, put animals to sleep, it's called Lisa Bar.
1: Is, that, is that the green dream?
3: It is the green dream, yes.
1: How did you taste the green dream?
3: Well, we were unfortunately putting a pet to sleep and uh, the vein was not too good. And while the vet was trying to, luckily this was not in front of the client mind you, uh, trying to force the solution through a really crappy vein, the syringe came, blew off on the back of the needle, and it all blew in my face and went in my ta-
1: in my mouth. Oh, what does it taste like? You've tasted death. What is it like?
3: Yeah, actually, it doesn't have a taste at all. It just mm. made
1: my mouth extremely numb. Yeah, a bit. I thought it might taste like lime. Mm. Okay. <laughs> no, I
3: wouldn't suggest drinking that. No, 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 no don't suggest.
1: No, because it's a poison and it's designed to kill. So don't, don't drink that. Yeah, no. Thank you, Nicole. Wow, it's tasted <laughs> death and survived. Got Max and Penrith. Hello. How are you, buddy? Really good. What have you tasted, Max? Uh, it's a bit of a weird one, but uh, human flesh. Oh, come off it. No, dead serious. Human flesh? Human flesh. Raw or cooked? No, cooked, cooked, cooked. Oh, come on, Max. You no, make...
3: seriously, I was I was uh, over in India for a little while visiting some family, and a uh, cousin took me out to one of the temples and didn't tell me what it was until after I ate it. And, yeah.
1: So, hang on a second. What the kind of denomination? What religion has?
3: Is it? Is I'm it... I, I'm Hindu, but I uh, I know in India there are places that still practices practice cannibalism. So, yeah. Are you serious? You ate one of your relatives? No, it wasn't one of my, one of my relatives. It was just somebody that donated flesh <laughs> just... to the to the temple, and yeah, it's yeah.
1: And people eat it. Weird. I did. I did. Th- I thought the whole thing. I know that Hindus love cows, but I like they like humans as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. So it's why? What like you,
1: me, pardon. So why are you eating humans, Max?
3: Well, I, I didn't know what it was until after, and I was like, you know what? I'm done, and I, I just bug it off home, and yeah.
1: Well, how did they prepare it, Max?
3: Uh, I, I don't know. I wasn't in there watching them cook. No, it. No, but so. I mean, what
1: did it? What did it come? Was it with a curry? Was it? Did you have oh, it in yeah, some on, on naan the side, bread? It was it like a s- no, sort no, of like just, a savlaki? I,
3: I had it with like rice. It was basically like a normal curry or oh. chopped up. Like, you know when you have, like, a Lamb Rogan, Josh? Same yeah. sort of thing, but, yeah.
1: I feel sorry for the people right now who are picking up a bit of cheeky takeaway from North Indian Diner, Max, because you've just ruined yeah. their night.
3: <laughs> Trust me, I haven't, I haven't eaten Indian food since, and it's been nearly five years. Wow.
1: So wow. I, wow. Yeah. I bet uh, you've got reason to. That's fair enough. Cause, Max, really quickly, what does it taste like?
3: Oh, I no. It's don't... pretty good. Hey? <laughs> Actually, it's pretty good.
1: You... You're not You're not I'm right, Max. No, you're not right, 100%. Max. You are not right. Sorry, Max yeah. slash Hannibal. Uh, <laughs> thank you for your call. Go oh, yeah. get yourself a can of fava beans uh, and a bottle of Chianti. We've got uh, Tony in Broken Hill. From Broken Hill or in Broken Hill?
6: No, from, from Broken Hill. We live in
1: Sydney now. Oh, good on you, mate. That's where my mum's from. She's a Broken Hill girl.
6: Oh, you're kidding. I probably
1: know her. No, she, she probably wouldn't. How old are you, Tony? Uh, Sixty. 60. My mum's about 70 something. She went to, uh, she grew up in South Broken Hill. Oh, Al- me
6: too. I was in, in uh, Patton Street.
1: Yeah, just off, from anyway. not far from Patton Street. They're on Jamison Street. My mum's yeah, uh, I maiden name is Rosler. Rosler.
6: I'll yeah. have to find out. but I'll, Yeah, but, Yeah, good um, people.
1: Yeah. Good people. We're probably related, Tony. You yeah, might, for
6: sure. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, uh, let's not get into the possibilities up, of how you
1: might not, or you might know my mother, Tony. It's making me feel very uncomfortable. Let it go. Let, just, it go let it go, mate. <laughs> let's move on to... Are you my dad, Tony? <laughs> no. Tony, what
6: have you yes, tasted? Uh, it's horrible to say this time of night, mate, but I actually tasted my son's poo. And we would moved, moved to Sydney from Broken Hill. My wife made this beautiful egg and potato salad for dinner. I go to bed, she said, oh, Anthony's pooed his nappy, she cleaned him up on our bed. And off she goes, and I came, and I saw this yellow ball there on the bed, and I thought, oh, uh, one of the egg yolks. So I ate it, and she comes back, oh, where's that bit of poo that I left from Anthony's nappy? And it all worked itself out then, I wanted to commit suicide.
1: (laughs) Wow, I thought somebody eating a human... Was a bit dicey, Tony. You have yeah. just—you've ruined curries. You've ruined yeah, eggs. Man. Basically, anything that people were planning on eating. A protein <laughs> ball? No one's ever eating a protein ball yeah. again. Tony, no, that's for sure. Good to catch up. Looking forward to seeing you uh, at my mum's place soon. Um, Bye. good. good you. Yeah, no, no, to... you
6: too, mate. You take care. You got a great show. I'm really
1: proud of you. Oh, thanks, Tony. Yeah.
6: Good
1: on you, mate. No one has ever <laughs> said that to me in this station. I've <laughs> never heard anybody ever say to me, "I'm proud of you."
6: Love you. Good to you. Okay, mate. Thanks very much.
1: Love your tone. U.S. President Donald Trump has warned North Korea with fire and fury whilst dining at his New Jersey golf course. But within hours of uh, Trump's threat to North Korea, uh, it was said that they were carefully examining a plan to strike U.S. Pacific Territory in Guam with missiles, award-winning journalist Ian McFedrin has covered the war in Iraq, written some incredible books, including Soldiers Without Borders, the amazing SAS, plus a new book coming out later on in this month, uh, The Smack Track. And he joins me on the line now. Ian, thank you very much for your time.
7: G'day, Barry.
1: Mate, first of all, is this rhetoric slowly getting out of hand to the point where it is actually getting dangerous? We see saber rattling all the time. And every time I seem to speak to you, I ask, is this it? Is it going to escalate? But this is very dangerous game of bluff now.
7: Well, it is. I mean, there's probably, I just read someone saying that I agree, uh, there's there's really two outcomes here. Either there will be a war or Trump will look like a blustering um, person who just makes verbal threats and doesn't carry them through. So it's not looking too good either way. This is a very dangerous escalation of things. I mean, we have um, word out of Japan that the Koreans have miniaturised a nuclear device um, and can put it on a on a missile now that's not confirmed of course but if that is true and the north koreans could do that then we are in a very dangerous place and with trump in the white house and the crazy kim in pyongyang it could end up in a very very bad situation
1: so i mean look if he has militarized a he's uh, he's got a nuclear warhead of any size uh, and he fires it towards Guam, which of course is you know a protected territory of the United States and essentially one of their larger Air Force bases in the world, the Americans um, will have no other recourse but to strike back or indeed strike first.
7: Yeah, I, I'd be very, very surprised if they'd wait for any, any missile coming in that direction to actually hit anything. Mm. In other words, they have um, very powerful uh, missile interception systems based on ships that are stationed permanently in the pacific ocean around that area so they'd probably knock anything out of the sky before it came within kui of the target and then their response would be fairly um, overwhelming and catastrophic for the north koreans but also possibly for the south koreans and 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 the japanese who are nearby because it's not just a nuclear game we're talking about here there are massive massive conventional weapons systems and millions of hundreds of thousands of troops standing by within, you know, 30 kilometres of the capital of South Korea. So this is not good, any way you look at it.
1: No, I mean, we can't imagine America storming the beachfronts and, you know, and putting themselves in harm's way there. I mean, it looks as though there'll be a tactical strike if they were going to go ahead with that. Is there a way that the Americans would uh, not go nuclear and use conventional weapons and still get a, a solid effect if they did strike North Korea?
7: yeah i th- i think definitely they could do surgical strikes um for, for you know surgical strikes on um on important targets such as nuclear production facilities missile launch facilities and indeed the presidential palace um you know i think um it, it would be very much in their power to uh to take out the leadership or to do a lot of damage to the leadership without um without going nuclear and you know to be perfectly honest this talk about you know nuclear weapons is so frightening that it's it's you know it's just it doesn't bear thinking about to be honest
1: well i mean that's the thing what does is, what is your gut tell you and you've been a, a defense writer and a military writer for many many years you'd be one of the, the best experts in australia to ask this what does your gut tell you is, is going to happen i mean china is involved you know well not involved but you know they're behind the scenes mm-hmm. russia's behind the scenes as well is this russia and china setting up north korea like a pawn to test america
7: well, I doubt that very much because I don't think it's in anyone's interest to have a uh, an unpredictable conflagration between North Korea and the rest, and particularly not China's interest because China, you know, trade and and a um, Chinese economy are, are very important, and, and wars tend to have a detrimental impact in those areas, and they would particularly with uh, with China should there be a war on the Korean Peninsula. So I think the Chinese have a very important role to play, but I think it's in telling North Korea to, you know, don't be so stupid and in possibly um, helping to get them to the negotiating table and and thereby putting Trump back in his box and telling him, you know, sending him a message that really... Talk is the best uh, is the best um, outcome at this point, rather than fire and fury, yeah, terribly but... dangerous North Korean sounding rhetoric.
1: Yeah, I mean they they are very much poking the bear, and they've got to be very very careful. We understand that there yeah. is often, as you would know, there's usually a trigger point, a canary in the cage before the trigger point as well. Where before war erupts, there's usually something that happens as a as a, a precursor to that action. <clears throat> what do you think that could be, Ian?
7: Well, I think any kind of um, strike in either direction, so a preemptive strike by the States or by Korea, North Korea against a target in Japan or South Korea or indeed Guam or somewhere, any strike at all, any kind of um, military activity at this point could be the, uh, the turning point, could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I mean, obviously, a nuclear missile (laughs) that's a fair declaration of war Mm. but i just think at the moment you know there's a lot of toing and froing there'd be a lot of tense talk going on around the place between diplomats and others trying to advise people like trump to just you know please cool down the rhetoric a bit you know it doesn't it doesn't get us it doesn't do anyone any good talking like this Mm. and um and hopefully the Chinese will be able to step in and talk some sense to to the crazy Kim in uh, in Pyongyang because, really, they hold the whip hand in that regard. Yep. And, um, you know, let's just hope that uh, calm heads prevail.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a really, really dangerous game of bluff for the entire international community. Ian Fredrin, thank you very much for having chat to me today. I uh, look forward to getting you back in the studios uh, soon for the release of your book, uh, The Smack Track, which I presume is about tracksuit pants, is it? Is it a yeah. book, <laughs> book
7: you've just written about... Them. The Navy in the Middle East, it's about, and it's uh, its quite a rollicking tale, so I'd be really pleased to have a chat to you about that, mate. It's a, it's a, it's a good yarn, and um, yeah, the Navy's done some fantastic work over in that area in the last 20 or so years. So. Right.
3: Well,
1: we we'll look forward to having you in the studio. Zane McFedrin, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Mary. We have all seen the recent news headlines of the spate of crime right around Sydney, and we see the drug raids and all the big names involved in it. But it's not the only crime going on in Sydney. I'd like to focus for a moment on some of the less known crimes, but just as serious with my new crime report.
0: Crime. It's filthy. And this city has a seedy underbelly of filthy crimes. But one man is prepared to do nothing about it. Merrick Watts. Crime City. Schofields.
1: Police are seeking five women who filled four large canvas shopping bags at Woolworths Schofields last Tuesday and left without paying. One of the women was described as 150 centimetres tall, medium build wearing a black Everlast jumper and grey tracky pants. Police wish to question her in regards to making no effort with her appearance, conspiracy to wear Ugg boots, attempted Ed Hardy wearing and failure to declare a bum bag Stanhope Gardens A 19-year-old Stanhope Gardens woman was given a caution after police found her with a small amount of cannabis in Castle Hill on Wednesday. Police observed a plastic container on the floor of a black BMW containing cannabis. The woman admitted it was hers, the drugs were seized and she was given the caution. If you know this person or know where you can get some of the stuff that she had in that container, please contact Merrick at Triple M unless of course it was Kiff and then just keep it to yourself. Box Hill. Up to $1,100 worth of timber was stolen from a building site in Briton Road, Box Hill, last Tuesday. Police are seeking assistance from the public to help recover the timber. The builders are seeking assistance from the public to find a replacement for Troy, the apprentice, who was meant to put the timber at the rear of the property, but because he's a <laughs> halfwit, he left it in plain sight. Darling Harbour. Police wished to speak to a man described by witnesses as short, wearing a white jacket, a black mask with a long nose and beady eyes. He was seen threatening tourists and going through bins with his enormous beak. It's a bin chicken. You idiots. Jesus. Case closed.
0: Merrick Watts, Crime City. Thank you for visiting
5: Merrickville and be a Merrickvillian, Merrickvillite, Merrickvillaman. Join us on Facebook or Twitter at Merrickville FM (laughs) 104.9 Triple
0: M. Get your Xperia XZ Premium smartphone from Sony today on plan or outright from Telstra, Vodafone, Virgin Mobile, Optus, JB Hi-Fi and Sony with world-first smartphone technology like super slow-motion video playback and 4K HDR screen that delivers lifelike colour and definition. A camera so advanced it captures images the human eye can't see. For details and T's and C's, visit sonymobile.com forward slash au. Merrickville 104.9 Triple M.